one of the most rugged and remote destinations in the United States. Everything out here will bite, poke, or prick you. Everything. People live in cubicles, and they're king of their domain. Out here, you ain't, you ain't king of shit. I took a walk through this beautiful world. Felt the cool rain on my shoulder. Found something good in this beautiful world. I felt the rain getting colder. You work hard, raise cattle, you make enough money to look after your family. For sure, I'd love to cook you one. It's really for one thing, and that's producing livestock. It, they've tried to farm, and it doesn't work. And you know, except for beautiful views, that's what it can produce. West Texas is a big bad in this area. Are you the platonic ideal of the Texan, the American hero, lone rider on a horse, big empty spaces, Mexican music, Mexican food? This still where the punchiest cowboys in the United States are. It don't get no rougher. I mean, we're 120 miles from the nearest Walmart, 40 miles to a tank of gas or a loaf of bread. Out here, pretty much everything is five hours away. And the property's been in the family how many generations now? This is the fourth generation. Fifth. Fifth generation. My granddad came here in the 30s. Bodie's family came out here in 1880. Not a lot of people who left get to do this. There's been a lot of cowboy producers. Hard to see from the highway. The ranch is approximately 70,000 acres. We don't use anything other than a horse. No four-wheelers, no helicopters. We would say so that seems a little stubborn, I mean. Yeah. As far as practicality, uh... He is so opposed to change. 
That's not all bad, is it? <laughs> no. I mean, these guys, they love it. I mean, they get up every morning, and this is their office. How old were you when you learned to ride? Oh gosh, she had a horse. I know, had a horse three. Yeah, Evan shows horses all over. She is top five in the world right now. In the cow horse, you have to show how well your horse can do, you know, different maneuvers. And here comes Levens. How old? He's ten. Watch this. Damn. <laughs> Is that hilarious? It's killing me. Where you living? Oh, sweet little hunter, my back into. There we go. <laughs> the cabrito that we're eating yesterday was a live goat. We like it spicy, jalapenos and onions and, you know, fresh tomatoes. If you got a bunch of gringos, it's perfect. <laughs> How Mexican is West Texas? This is where it is. On the other side of that mountain, 20 miles of the so, crow flies. Those flavors, those sounds. That's yours also, right? Oh, yeah. I learned to talk Spanish nearly before I learned to talk English. It's the good vanilla from Mexico. Old Mexico or New Mexico? Old Mexico. Chewy's mother comes from Mexico, south of Ojinaga. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How long have you guys been riding together? Oh, me and him? Yeah, you and him. 35 years. Yeah, it's an awesome way of life. Jalapeno oh, cheese grits. Nice. Of course, they're buttermilk biscuits. This is an area of Texas that is legendary for whatever you might have thought you were going to do here. Nature wins. Always. 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 It'll not rain for 20 years, and you just stay as long as you can, and it starts raining. Yeah. So, how do you make a living? Basically, Dig in. Work like hell and don't spend any money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this table right here is filled with people who truly care about the land and what happens to it. You have to have the heart to stay and want to stay and do it and, and make something of it while you're here. If you've got a weak heart, you won't last. I mean, I'm graduating next year and I'm going to go to college, go through law school, finish, but I want to come back out here. There are kids that that are my age that will never see this, never have this, never be able to know people like this. And that's, I mean. Priceless. Yeah, how can you say no to that? If you get to eat three good meals a day 
and be happy. Mm -hmm. Being happy is more important than anything. So how else is the area changing? I rode for three hours through ghost towns, dead gas stations, and nothing but nothing, and, you know, suddenly I arrive in Marfa. Like, uh, would you like some bruschetta, some salumi, you know, some $900 ponchos? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Clearly, it's not the old, old family Marfa. Marfa has become three distinct cultures. Tourist town, art town, cowboy town. It's just got it all. You can get calamari. And Marfa, who'd have thunk it? 20 years ago, nobody even knew what the word meant. been into where a uh, person next to me is uh, petting a goat. <laughs> in here, sometimes you the get dogs, all types. <laughs> dogs come in without their owner. As long as everybody behaves, whether you got two legs or four, everything's good. You've seen a bit of the world. Uh -huh. You've seen a lot of the world. I ran away from home a lot as a kid. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was 16, I got real good at it. I went to Alaska. And then yeah. I came back, joined the military, cowboy and roughnecking. Running drugs and guns across the border? I did run guns south. And the ATF knows. They got an open file. Well, what motivated you to get into the bar business? Well, every cowboy has a dream of owning a saloon. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. It's been around for some time under various. Oh, almost 100 years. There's so many different cultures come through here. Hipsters, blue-collar city workers. And I wanted everybody to be able to have a good time, no matter who or what or where. And there ain't going to be but one intimidating some bitch in my bar, and that's me. <laughs> You're seeing this town change in a lot of big ways. Mm -hmm. Every single person I've talked to down here, this town be the same thing. That wall ain't never getting built around here. My ranch is on the river. It's on the border. We can't survive without the river. And we can't survive without the people on that side of the river. They can't survive without us. Right. That, and they're our friends, for God's sakes. 
loyalty is a big thing in Texas, and you ain't gonna build a fence between me and my loyal friends. Every old school Anglo rancher I've met here speaks Spanish huh? fluently. It's a mutual respect to speak a little Spanish. And it's respect for them to learn a little English. You know as well as I do, you go to Europe, it's not hard to find somebody in France speaking English. Everybody. They can, Yeah. they don't mind. They, no. They're not offended. You know, Americans have a tendency to want to be all butthurt about it. Here, we're just not. It's, it's, that's just being a good human being. Why is it so goddamn hard to be a good person these days? <laughs> We all do things our own way, and since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, during Sleep Number's President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed plus special financing for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. See store for details. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life, I sit down with Giles Yeo. It is a problem of our brain influencing the hunger. So hunger is a brain scenario, even though the feeling of hunger comes from your stomach. It's a very new and provocative way of thinking about a condition that impacts more than 40% of Americans. But the thing is, this approach could have big consequences for the way that we treat obesity. Listen to Chasing Life, wherever you get your podcasts. Right now in Marfa, it's 75 degrees. Low tonight, only 61. Not that cool, honestly. I'm David Beebe with you till 1 a.m. It's time to go outside and look up at the stars and enjoy the place that you live. part of the state was always called El Despoblado, the unpopulated zone, which it never really was. Born and bred here, near here? Yeah, a couple hundred miles east, not far. That's considered close right now. Close, yeah. yeah. The, the forest Everywhere still you... makes me uneasy. Yeah. Surrounded by trees, I get uneasy because I can't see. Um. <laughs> I can't see far enough. Now, I guess unlike a lot of Texans who take a rather romantic view of those early days, you seem to view it in a darker prison. It is dark. The story of Texas can get a little, it gets a little too polished. It was a conquest, and people forget that. There were people here. 
the Spanish and the Mexican authorities wanted to exterminate the Apaches. They created the Society for the Extermination of the Barbarians. So the classic cowboy Indian film of scalp-hungry Indians uh, was not really the case. Well, they took scalps too, but they kind of learned from the Anglos. And then when the Texans came in, it intensified. If you were a rancher coming out here in the 1870s, you better have a lot of guns because you were an invader. Right. And the people you were invading knew you were an invader. Oh, damn. You know, if you look at the legend of this place, you know, was it the history of violence and the harshness of the landscape that preserved it for so long? Yeah. West Texas stayed wild, and it's still wild. People have lived in this landscape for 14,000 years. Through all these different nation states and empires that have swept over them, they just, they persist. of light that is going to just envelop this motif right here that represents the place where the sun was born. Welcome to the White Shaman site. This is one of the oldest pictorial creation narratives in all of North America. The mural tells the story about the death of the sun, the sacrifice that takes place so that the sun can be reborn the next day. I had the honor of having a huichol shaman come up from Mexico to this site, and he started weeping. And they said, they're all here. All of our grandfathers, 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 they're all here. talking about the beginning of civilization on the North American continent. The earliest evidence of human existence in this area goes back how far? Almost 15,000 years. The rock art in the lower Pecos and along the Rio Grande encapsulates not only their religion, but the cosmos. Why you had constellations at certain times of the year, and where were they in relation to each other, the seasons. Tony, sometimes I just want to scream because people will say, you know, well, did these people speak with the grunt? I look at these murals and I see sophistication that we'd be hard-pressed with today. I think sophistication is an overvalued term. Uh, I mean, what the hell do we mean by that anyway? Well... <laughs> I mean, still pretty much killing ourselves with spheres and rocks of exactly. one sort or another. One of the important things you have to realize is that these people have the same brain that put a man on the moon. They were in tune with their universe and their environment. Same brain, same brain. I would not be surprised 
if if the lower pecos are outlast all of us, all of our monuments crumble to dust immediately. Four thousand years later, white shaman still there. I think they're going to have a tough time of interpreting what life was like on this planet. They'll be left with like Betamax copies of Lee's company, and uh, <laughs> you know who's the boss, who lived on this planet, and what went horribly wrong. <laughs> Life-changing events in any neighborhood. It's when the artists show up. When my father, Donald Judd, came to Marfa in the early 70s, it was a ranching community and a railroad town. The legend is, of course, that he looked at a map and was looking for the least populated area of America and came out here. Is that true? Uh, yeah, that is. Um, I mean, he did a lot of looking for places that had very few people and very few trees and lots of space. He had been working hard for so long, and I think coming out to Marfa was this reward. That was a giant of the art world in New York with an enduring huge legacy. What's that like? The thing with my dad is that he was like a buddy my whole life. He was literally like my tether to understanding the world. Oh, wow, look at this. There are people who make great food in Marfa that didn't open a restaurant. So this is the behind the scenes of the yummy food that people make in their homes. Carmen's menudo and her blue corn tortillas. Nice. Johnny Sopacol's mesquite bean flour empanadas. Melinda's queso fresco. With chiles. I love this, I love this. And Ophelia's tamales over here. Wow. When your dad came to town with nothing but love in his heart and a desire to make beautiful things, he ushered in this entire new world with the invasion of, you know, gourmet coffee or, you know, trained baristas. How did he feel about that? I mean, my dad made his own coffee every morning, so he wouldn't be that into the fancy coffee available now. But the people who come here now, as long as they're contributing to being a good citizen, it's actually a good thing that people are here.
Muy bien, están escuchando la carrera KRT 33.5 en Morfatizas. Aquí es su amigo el señor Primo Carrasco. Como quieras en español, en inglés, aquí estamos para servirte. Dos carne guisada, también a chile verde. Chile verde. Sí. Barbacoa. Barbacoa, taco. Most of the, the better restaurant chefs you can find them at least once a week getting their food here, even if they're making food down at their place. Unbelievable. The gas station. <laughs> In the morning, everybody's here. Right? It's all the Border Patrol guys, like all of them. There you go. You have a great day. All the laborers in town, kids, the people that work at the radio station. It's like going to, yeah, like your abuela's house. So you're both multitaskers. <laughs> you're a state employee, a... Uh, county employee. Ca county employee. Elected official, yeah. Justice of the peace? Yes, sir. What does that mean? I'm like the small judge that reads you your rights when you go to jail. Also a musician? Yeah, a musician with Primo here. You were the, the, the radio station? I've been on the radio now for 10 years, 10 years every week, and he's been on the radio now for, what, three? Three or four years. Uh, mm -hmm. Restaurant business? I have a uh, burger and taco joint that's open on weekends. Burger time! A lot of multitasking around here. People tend to... You have to. You have to. Yeah, I always say that every job here pays 10 bucks an hour, whether you're the attorney or the barista or the janitor. Uh -huh. So you're going to have to, you know, work a lot of different jobs to make it because it's expensive to live here. Right. Look, this is a small town. 1,800 people. It seems an unlikely place to put in a spanking new public radio station that's heard all over Texas, yes? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, your expenses for running it. 100,000 watt transmitter on the top of a mountain that gets struck by lightning every three weeks is pretty yeah. tough. Uh -huh. But the station has support from pretty much everybody here. Everybody listens to the radio in their pickup truck. The only other news source we have around here is the local newspaper. What are the big issues? What do people want to talk about? The issue is border trade. And right. there's a lot of fear right now because the, the idea of changing NAFTA. American parts assembled in Mexico right. come back, back here. Yeah, that's part of the NAFTA thing. You can take it. Right. Have it here, take it over there, assemble it, bring it back. There's no tax. Right. It's uh, definitely been good for our community. There's a mobile home factory called Solitaire. You see them all over here, people buy them. They take the stuff down there, they assemble the homes down there, and then they bring them up the road. They'll come up. You'll see two or three come up the highway today. And who's buying those things? Everybody who's working class. The manufactured housing is the craftsman home of the 21st century. It appears that Marfa in particular is going to be a tourist and service economy. There's money flooding in here. It is an irresistible tide. Is there money trickling down? Is it spreading out into the community? We have jobs here. You can get a job here. It's not, as I said, everybody makes $10 an hour here. But 25 years ago, we had nobody here, and it was a dying town. So right. you got the cowboys, border patrol. You got hipsters coming in from out of town, New York artists wearing weird glasses and white pants. Maybe we don't understand each other, but we can all be in the same place at any time. People here are nice. Aquí en el pueblo, everybody's waving each other. Todos. Tuning in, everyone. You're listening to 93.5 KRTS Marfa Public Radio.
good friend, I know your secret, but I just can't keep it. This is what the Mexican people end up living in once they leave their adults. The projects, the low-income housing. Hola Ramona, ¿cómo está? Dos burritos, por favor. De asado. Por favor. Qué rico. Gracias, Ramona. You've been riding horses? Yes, you noticed. Yes. <laughs> the groan as I sit down. Mm, that is a serious burrito. No rice and all that. Uh -uh. This, is the, this is the real deal, man. I love it. Were you, born here? you were born in Mexico City. I was a fisherman in Alaska for 19 years of my life. Oh, yeah? In the Bering Sea. Now, is it adobe or adobe? Adobe. Adobe. And you recorded saying adobe is political. Yes. You're going to start with that question. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Straw, clay, water, and manure, that's what makes the adobe. We make a flat surface here where we're going to put the water and the manure on top. Adobe building has happened all over the world for thousands of years. Here, historically, the adobe has been kept alive by the Mexican and Mexican-American populations. The tradition of the adobe is barely alive because of what's happening with the gentrification in Marja. The Mexican-American minorities are being displaced. The people who have lived in adobes for generations have to sell their homes because of the new taxes. Taxes that are only in adobes, you know, that a lot of us, we also find discriminating. We are at a critical point. When I think about adobe, it's probably the oldest tangible representation of the local and regional culture that we have. Everybody for generations, they have crossed the Rio Grande back and forth just by walking. 
the river was low and they would just cross, go buy some groceries and then go back. Hi y'all, this next song is by Molly Ferguson of the Red Leaders of the City of Texas. This is Barbara Public Radio. I mean, Ojinaga defies so many of the things that people say about the border. You know, my daughter spends a lot of time in Ojinaga, my, my daughter. And, you know, some people are like, what? But, I mean, I don't, I don't go to sleep at night wondering if she's okay, because I, I know she's okay. She's at home. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing about this restaurant is they don't just serve your typical Mexican, you know, enchilada place. So a lot of kind of traditional Recipes. Well, I know they do meat here in a yeah. way, yeah. Hey, so welcome to good old Presidio and, and Ojinaga. Other side of the river, you are currently the mayor of Presidio. Yes, sir. And you are former mayor of... Ojinaga. ¿Cuáles años era presidente? 98, You know, when we talking about sister cities, that's serious. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's almost like an arbitrary line through them. On the weekends, Presidio just kind of empties out. You say, where is everybody? It's because they're they're here. So, I mean, that's kind of why when, when there's talk about uh, a border wall, I was like, oh, wait, you know, we're basically just one one town here. Siempre nos hermanamos las autoridades. Nunca nos peleamos. 300 años tenemos de amigos inseparables. Now, you couldn't come over here. Your boyfriend can't come over there? No. Not yet. Yeah. That, that's not too friendly, but what's up with that? And how come? Why not? It's very complicated because you want to go, like, conocer su casa, conocer donde ha estudiado, donde da clases. No puedo, no puedo cruzar. Like, why not, you know? Like, like what is... I, I'm a person, you so know. You, you so I'm a person. you need a visa? I mean, what's the problem? Yeah, that you, so... can't, you can't go back and forth for the day or, or for so, two days? No. We did the process and everything for him to at least get a visitor's visa. He went on a bus that took him to Juarez, which is four hours away. Yeah, no, 10 hours. Yeah. 10 hours on a bus, okay. And so then he had to wait in a line, four hours like waiting. Okay. And then the interview took like two minutes. Almost, <laughs> Almost just something quick denied. Like they didn't even deny. deny. Meanwhile, you live right yeah. Like yeah. with a mile from each other. He has no bad record, nothing, you know, and we're best friends, you know, and, and I wish he could come over to my house and just <laughs> yeah. see it, <laughs> you know. The state of Texas is so much more diverse than it used to be, and I think it makes it 
just that much? Oh, yeah. And I know some people, it scares them. I, and I don't, I think it's just a fear of the unknown. It's not a fear based on anything concrete. Here, we're all family. Cuando saluda, saluda con la izquierda para el corazón. Salud. Salud. Santa Elena Canyon, Big Bend National Park, the largest national park in Texas, and it's, it's named after the Big Bend in the Rio Grande. We are surrounded by 1,500-foot limestone cliffs. This slowly rose up, and the river just cut through it for millions of years. Good job on the food. Oh, yes. Thank you, guys. Salud. Salud. So you're looking at Texas, and I'm looking at Mexico. Yeah. That's 100% correct, yeah. The cliffs on our left are Mexico, and the ones on our right are uh, the United States. I've been on several overnights where your clients almost forget that, yeah, that's Mexico right there. And they say, wait, is that Mexico? And it's like, yeah, it, it is. Looks exactly the same as that. Yeah. <laughs> We get people from all over the country, all over the world, and some of them come in hesitant or scared of the border. When they book the trip, they say, should I bring my gun? Right. But the neat thing is that everyone I've taken out, you get to see this transformation from being like terrified to thinking it's beautiful, to thinking they don't need a wall, to thinking I'm actually going to write a letter saying that we don't need a wall. Right. Does anyone ever bother to, I mean, are there like security gunboats coming up and down this river? Uh... <laughs> I mean, I think the Border Patrol technically does have a hovercraft that they've used once, and it was horrible. Yeah. They have and helicopters. For the record, I don't understand why Mexico is made to be such an issue. I mean, yeah. it's our second biggest trade partner, uh, aside from China. Yeah, what about the Canadians? They're actually pouring across our borders and stealing our jobs. They are taking our jobs. Find a non-Canadian comedian. How many Canadians play hockey in the United States for a U.S. team? Those are high-paying jobs. That they're American, stealing. They're stealing. America, them, yeah. They're stealing <laughs> our <laughs> job. I mean, there's so many avenues that conversation go to where violence comes from, where dangers come from. Well, even our small towns here. I mean, crazy stuff happens everywhere. The world is made a better place by little bits at a time. You can't just jam through a wall in one year and say it's fixed. You know, I've been to a few places where they do have a wall. Yeah. 
few things are uglier in the entire world I, that, of all of the places I've seen. Few things have been more an indication of an utter failure of otherwise smart people to figure shit out. Thank you for showing me this amazing, amazing, I mean, just ludicrously amazing place. There are certain type of people who connect immediately to the empty spaces. I can't spend much time on myself. If I'm alone in my apartment in New York or on a beach with a hammock, I like to think I'd be able to relax, but I can't. There's that enforced sense of humility, because you really know how utterly powerless you are. You're just tiny. <laughs> 